With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I think that's the most emphasis I've ever given the start to an introduction for our uh, our WTF1 podcast. But of course, I've got my two waving minions, as always, Tommy and Katie. I think they actually waved in unison this time, which is beautiful. And we're here to talk about the Styrian Grand Prix. It's not the Austrian Grand Prix. For some reason, they changed it around because the first time it was Austria, then Styria. This time it's Styria, then Austria. Don't know why. Don't ask me. Maybe one of you have the answers. But anyway. I do. I'd, oh, you do? Well, it's because oh, the, the calendar. Sorry, WTF one founder Tom Bellingham. Please oh. carry on. <laughs> oh, here we go. Goodness <laughs> sake, we'll just we'll just say uh, because we did actually starting to get comments of people thinking that's not a joke. Now I know 95 percent of people understand that's a joke, but apparently some people genuinely think that I am genuinely there telling them for make sure you introduce me as the WTF one founder, or I'm going to kick off. And people think that's that you're my boss as well, and yeah. people also think that you pay my wages. I Thanks. know. It's really all it's that. all a lie. All of that is a lie. Well, you are the founder. That's true. You did that's find, true. You did find WTF1 <laughs> yeah. somewhere, maybe in a bin. Uh, Katie, <laughs> hello, hello, WTF1 editor. Hello. Welcome back to to this wonderful occasion. How how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Made my quality watch long debut this weekend. You did, um, and haven't been cancelled. So all going well. <laughs> That's impressive. That that yeah, that was the one thing I was worried about was you cancelling yourself. No, absolutely not, Katie. You are well within your limits usually, apart from your opinions on most drivers in ABCDF one. Um, yeah, of course, Tommy and Katie did the quality watch song for the first time because I was off yeah. doing some F one TV commentary, and you did a very good job, both of you. Well done. Anyway, for, uh, the, three, the point. Okay, the, no, point yeah. the point that I was actually yes, the say, point. Go on. Then. The race was the Austrian Grand Prix, but when the calendar got changed. They did the double header, but Austria say, stayed in the same place so that could remain the Austrian Grand Prix at that exact date, and they didn't need to faff about with it. That's why the Austrian Grand Prix is second. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much, Tommy. And also want to say hello to the Team WTF1 live podcast listeners right now, part of uh, our Team WTF1 membership. So welcome to you guys in the chat. We'll have a few questions from you uh, as we move along. Right, three-word race reviews. Let's dive straight in. Boothy underscore 46, Sad George Noises. Aaron underscore W01, Where's the Rain? And Christine Tudhope, I Fell Asleep. <laughs> Such it was positive get- reviews already. It was, yeah, it was bound to happen at some point where we didn't have an absolute worldy. Well, actually, no, we've had Monaco, so we've already had some sort of practice for that. Uh, but <laughs> Maybe that was coming. But I'm not sure we expected uh, Austria to be maybe as dull at the front as as it was. Um, but the midfield was still pretty entertaining. And I don't, I didn't feel, fall asleep. I don't think many people fell asleep as such. It wasn't a, I don't know. A, I think rest the eyes for a few seconds between yeah just pop on social media a little bit but either way i kind of agree with most of them it wasn't exactly the most entertaining we've been spoiled this year i think we have also part of the problem yeah we've had too many bangers our expectations go up and then we expect worldies every single week and that just does not happen right my three word race review i'm going first today don't care about you two (laughs) verstappen is ready Tom yeah, liked this. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, yeah. You're yeah, in I, your orange shirt. You, you're Supermax yeah. fan. Now, no, I'm wearing who's the... WTF1. I don't know if you can see that or not. Um, I was actually wearing an orange shirt in IBR yesterday. People were going, oh, you're wearing the same shirt. But that was actually a Fernando Alonso deck chair one. We just have loads of orange shirts because we're WTF1. Anyway, yes, Verstappen is ready. Uh, and I think that's just can you know, utterly convinced me. And I think, you know, this season has generally kind of been convincing me that along the way. But I think now... Max is ready to win this title, like 100%. Like he can absolutely take it to Lewis. 1v1 was, you know, that was a pretty much a 1v1 against him and Lewis. Probably had a slightly better car from the gap that he eventually managed to pull out. But at the same time, he's utilising that package. Perez didn't manage to utilise it maybe as much this weekend, but Max is just getting the most out of it every single uh, race weekend. And it's, it's crazy to think he could have won four in a row had he not crashed in Baku, which is... I'm sure very sad noises from uh, the Tom Bellingham camp, but it's, uh, yeah, it's great to see that I genuinely think Max can win the world title this year now. And uh, I still have a slight 
doubt whether Red Bull can keep up this momentum all the way through the year. And, you know, you just you just know deep down that Mercedes are going to get a grip of it at some point and, and make a charge back. But Max could definitely do this. I think he can. I mean, obviously, like you said, that would have been four races in a row that he could have won had he not had the tyre blowout in Baku. And he's always had you know, the natural ability there that's been evident since day one. I mean, he was one of the youngest people ever to join Formula One and lots of people questioned whether it was the right decision because he was literally just a teenager. Um, But he's always proved to be mega, mega quick and have such great skill behind the wheel. But now he's matured with age. I mean, I say with age, he's 23. So he's still two years younger than I am. But (laughs) he's He's had like six seasons in Formula One, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think since 2015, Dean, he made his debut in Australia. So, I mean, it is looking very tasty and that we could get a proper, like a different champion this year. I mean, I know we say every time we're literally like eight races into the year out of a possible 23 race calendar, so much could change. But if you were a betting person, you might start to think actually, maybe the odds are in Max's favour for this championship. But I don't want to write it off because it's still so early days. We've only had eight rounds, haven't we? Uh, such a yeah. question. Uh, Fran, Frantisek in the uh, Team WTF1 live chat just put minerals uh, because they know that <laughs> I love, love to that phrase. He's got the minerals. I think he, he does, doesn't he? He has, though. I think, yeah, if, if Max Verstappen had done a year where he'd maybe made quite a few mistakes, you'd be like, this is the first year he's had a championship winning car. And he's, like you say, he's almost won four in a row. He's finished first or second in every single race if it wasn't for for Baku. What he's doing is absolutely incredible. And he seems so chilled about it as well, which surprises me how I feel like a lot of the pundits and the press um, are really trying to dig at the whole, like they want Hamilton and Verstappen to get really heated and stuff. And every time they talk to him, he's just like, I'm just focusing on myself. I don't care what Hamilton's doing. Uh, not thinking about the title, saying all the right things, and he just seems so relaxed about being in this amazing position that he could actually take a championship already in his career. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure you're very happy about that. So just uh, a bit. There you go. Hey, so where, where, <laughs> I, where did your mic go? You, you had a mic. It appeared out of nowhere. It looked like you were about to drop some fire wraps, and then it just disappeared that. again. That put me off as well. I got Frank oh, moving no, around sorry. Katie like... I, well, I wasn't sure if my audio would be too quiet, so I tried to discreetly move my mic, but it's a huge microphone, yeah. so it kind of was just like, poof. Just, That's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I just wondered, yeah, people probably wondering, where's it gone? Uh, and, I'm going to uh, drop my mixtape any minute please, now. Please, please do. Um, I probably won't read the first part of this name out. Uh, peeing on the moon, we'll call it. Is Max now the real deal? We've pretty much answered that. I think we're all a resound yes on that. Um, let's see, you know, towards the end of the season, if it continues that way, when uh, the championship becomes actually tangible uh rain rain underscore vroom being a power defined circuit did this race prove that the honda engine is more powerful than the mercedes uh, i think that the, the honda unit definitely seems to be the better package uh when you look across the season so far um i think they they work slightly differently in the fact that the mercedes is supposed to be a bit better on the top end but honda's a bit better through the sort of mid-range of the engine as that's how i understand it anyway uh so yeah i mean it's it's obviously not all going to come down to the engine but at the same time every we, we hear from hamilton most of the time where am i losing the time uh on the straights but then that, that it's not just the engine that it could be their aerodynamic setup as well you know if you put more aero on the car and you, you're going to be slower in a straight line so there's all kinds of things that you know variables at play here that it's not necessarily just down to the engine but it, it plays a big part I think that's exactly right and you know you've got to look at the other teams that are supplied by the honda power units and the mercedes power units and somebody like lando norris you know he looked blisteringly quick on qualifying on saturday and he's obviously got a mercedes power unit in the back of his car so i it's going to be a very boring answer but i think it's probably about even stevens if that's a very niche reference point or thing to say yeah we're boomers we are it's a great tv show um but yeah i think it's kind of they've got roughly the same which is another reason why we're seeing so much variety and having these um you know little mistakes if hamilton makes a little mistake or Verstappen makes a little mistake we have to talk about these things because at the end of the day that's going to be what decides this championship but it's yeah a fairly level playing field i think 
I think a lot of Red Bull's performance on the straight, I wouldn't necessarily say it's because the Honda engine is now suddenly a million times better than the Mercedes. I think, like you kind of alluded to, Matt, that they're able to run normally with Red Bull. Uh, in seasons gone by, they could have had the greatest engine in the world and they run so much downforce on that car a lot of the time that they always struggle on the straights. Now they've got this advantage where they're so much quicker around the corners, they can strip some of that wing off. Um, they're running quite, you know, a, a light, light rear wing, um, which allows them to be quicker on the straights. And because the car is so good this year, they still can carry the speed in the corners. And then that helps with tire wear. And it's just a win-win win basically for everything red bull like win win exactly it's yeah that that track was perfectly suited to them but strange for i thought it was strange that hamilton brought it up in the race um he seemed very defeatist to be like like why are they having that conversation in the race that like why are they so much quicker it's it's almost like that's the kind of team debrief not not the kind of thing to be having during the race but maybe hamilton was that's uh, uninterested as well because I don't think he had much going on because he didn't exactly have pressure from behind or or enough pace to fight the front. I can understand why Hamilton would probably ask in terms of where's Max quicker than me in particular corners and whatnot. Uh, but at, at the same time, he's probably not very used to having a different car being faster than him. You know, if it's ever Valtteri, you can just go go pop over to the other side of the garage and see what you know, see what data's there. Whereas, you know they don't have the answers to exactly why Red Bull are quicker. And maybe it's just, you know, it's probably affecting me a little bit because he's so used to being in the, the, the dominant car and only has to be his teammate. Uh, Tane Mishra, Team WTF1 member asks, what can Mercedes realistically do now? Do a Haas focus fully on 2022 and ignore the current car? No one wants to do a Haas. I think that's pretty much, um, yeah, goes without saying really uh, with, with how bad their season's going. But I think, no, they're not going to give up yet. We've only had eight races. We've got hopefully 23. There might be a couple of cancellations. We're not sure. But 23 races, fingers crossed, which means we're not we're not even near halfway into the season yet. Hamilton is less than a win behind. It's by no means over. Of course, we do go back to the Red Bull ring this weekend as well. So I can't imagine much different. Of course, we go to a step uh, softer on the tyres, which could change a little bit could uh, but i don't think it's actually going to help mercedes because mercedes aren't particularly good uh, or better on the softer tires so it may even be a bigger gap uh, between red bull and mercedes but they can't give up yet of course you know this whole this whole chat about you know they have to pick a point where they go right you know that's enough development for this year we now need to focus on next year because you know at the <laughs> these current regulations are only lasting till the end of the year. 2022 is going to last for a lot longer. So you have to kind of decide how many eggs you want to put in each basket, you know? So I think if you're, if you're Red Bull, I don't know, for me, I feel like it would still be a transition for both teams at kind of the same point. It's just whoever's ahead will most likely keep that lead. I don't know. It's it's so difficult because obviously you're not in a Formula One team and it's just speculation. Uh, But, one thing that also goes into that whole equation is the cost cap and it's $145 million, if I remember correctly, and crashes, things like that all take away from the spend for next year as well. So you have to kind of think of all these different uh, variables going on and then just decide, right, okay, we've run out of money for this year. Now we now move on to next year. It's crazy to me how many people seem to just want to write this season off already and be like, that's it. Red Bull have won it. You know, second we've had, place between them, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's an eighteen point gap. Um, not forgetting that Mercedes, I'm still adamant, had probably the quickest package in the last race. Uh, the way they were hustling both Bottas and Hamilton, Max in that race, it was just difficult to get past. The last race um, being the French Grand Prix. French Grand Prix, yeah, for, yeah. Um, and they were quicker in Spain. They were quicker in Portimao. I do think it's going to change from track to track. So just because Max has had this dominant race at a track that really suits them, like we said, they can run that perfect setup. You know, they they even won that race back in the era where Mercedes were untouchable. So it's not it's not known for being the greatest Mercedes track in the world. Um, and the gap, it's 18 points. I saw um, Philip Horton on Twitter tweeted the gap so if you remember last time we spoke about it uh we i don't think we 
could find the exact number of what it was. But in 2017, Vettel had a 25-point lead at one point. 2018, he had a 17-point lead. So it can happen. It's 18 points. It's going to change race to race. And also, it's Mercedes. It's Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton. They, <laughs> they have won the title almost every year. If you're writing off Lewis Hamilton, at the, especially at the end of the season, um, you know, he's had these deficits before and he just turns it on. Uh, and can just do unbelievable things. So it's it's looking like it's going to go down to the wire. I I can't believe some people are just saying, oh, that's it. Like Mercedes aren't developing just because they're saying, they're talking about, oh, we're probably not going to develop as much anymore. Could all be mind games, if anything, just to try and make Red Bull step off the gas a bit. And, and would people be saying this if... Max, uh, sorry, if Lewis hadn't locked up into turn one at Baku, he'd be leading the championship right now. And, you know, would people be saying, like, it literally yeah. can swing in one race. Yeah. Totally. One of the points I've made for this um, comment is literally never write off Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes um, because even previous years, you know, Hamilton's had teammates like Nico Rosberg and we've seen it at the beginning of a season. For some reason, Hamilton just doesn't seem to get into the swing of things straight away. And maybe Rosberg is running away with the championship in the first few races or whatever. Um, and Hamilton comes back. And like you say, the the margin between Verstappen and Hamilton, it's because it's so foreign and we're not used to seeing somebody ahead of Hamilton in the standings that maybe people are starting to panic and think, you know, oh God, Mercedes are just throwing it all away. They're, you know, Mercedes aren't a team. They're not just going to go, do you know what? It's 18 points ahead. We might as well just, you know, like rip off this page and put it in the bin and and focus on next year. Like there's a reason that they've got so many constructors championships and, you know, provided the driver's championship to, you know, every driver since 2013 with uh, Hamilton and Rosberg. So yeah, I think it's, it's daft to write them off. And I mean, Hamilton was saying some things that he probably shouldn't have done in the post-race interviews talking about money and maybe Red Bull are just spending more money on their car this year and that's why they're quicker which I mean naturally because it's Lewis Hamilton and people love to jump on anything Hamilton says people are going oh well maybe he just can't accept that they've got a quicker car or he's throwing his toys out the pram like you hear it every single year as soon as Hamilton says something you know possibly a little bit negative about competition people are oh he's such a sore loser and all this kind of stuff but if it's role reversal it's like, oh, well done, you know, Max, if Max was to say something like that. So it's just one of those things. But um, yeah, I think there's also been talks that Mercedes have said that they might not be bringing any more upgrades kind of to the next few races or even for the rest of the year, which is quite an alarming thing when there are reports that, you know, Red Bull are bringing even more upgrades to the second race. Uh, So this race this weekend in Austria. Um, But yeah, I, I don't think they're necessarily going to do a Haas. I don't think any other team on the grid are going to do a Haas apart from Haas <laughs> um, and to just focus on 2022. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame that we have to be having these conversations because like we've said in so many previous podcasts, like just enjoy it. Like it, it means that we go to every single race and we don't know which way the scales are going to go. And we've had that so little in Formula One over the last you know decade that just enjoy having that variety as you come into a race weekend and not knowing who's going to be on the top step. Just enjoy it. There you go. We've had, after, after eight races, we're used to the, the championship being done, aren't we? And saying yeah, Hamilton's true. won it. Um, and yeah, it's not happened this year. So like say, enjoy it. <laughs> if you think Lewis Hamilton will take, will just let a championship go by round eight of 23, and he's less than a win behind, you are very much mistaken. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I do love how in the post-race interviews, it's always the car was, their car was quicker this weekend. It's never Max drove better than me. It's never Lewis drove better than yeah, me. but he's not going to want to say I know, that. I know, I know, no one will say that. No, I'm not Max just saying for Lewis. Every, I just love that every F1 driver is that way. Like, I am perfect. The car, mm. the car was better. That They had a better car. I just love it. I love their, their mentalities. It's not just Hamilton, it's everyone. Um, right. We move on to a quick promo about our WTF1 clubhouse at the Silverstone British Grand Prix. Full capacity has been confirmed, which is very exciting. A little bit, maybe slightly premature, but who knows? We'll, we'll find out. But uh, it's uh, full capacity at the British Grand Prix. And uh, if you want to come along and camp with us, uh, it's pretty much selling out. So 
if you want to get in and chill with us and have some great times and DJ and food and a bar and what else we got a big screen film night and we've got like a massive marquee thing haven't we and we've got there's showers there's toilet you know it's a whole full-blown camping shenanigans going on (laughs) and we will be there in the heart of it so if you do fancy coming camping with us with some like-minded f1 fans other team wtf1 fans you probably make quite a few friends as well over that weekend uh, then please do check it out the link is in the description below if you want to find out more about wtf1 clubhouse so yeah there you go tommy let's go to you okay my through a race review is more Russell heartbreak. And yes, it's now the point where we have to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, it's hard to know what to say, really. It's the, the fact that he actually almost got into Q3, um, but then Sonoda had a penalty, so he moved up. And you're thinking, wow, he's already in the points when he started the race. Okay, now he's eighth. You know, he's made up places at the start. And you thought, don't say anything. This could be it. And then, of course, something goes wrong. This time, it wasn't a mistake from him. The you know the car uh, failed on him in in the pit stop. He had a had an engine issue. Um, and yeah, you, you've got to feel for the guy. But I think you've got to feel for Williams even more uh, because for Russell, you've got to think that him being eighth in a car like that is already showing people what he can do. But for Williams, him getting eighth place could be the difference between them finishing eighth or 10th in the championship. So um, yeah, it's just, you just can't write it with Russell. It, it really does feel like it's a curse. No matter what, what race, even, even the last one, the, the one time he finishes 12th is where there's no yeah, DNF. No. So you just can't write it. It's almost... Yeah, it's unbelievable, the poor guy. But these things happen, I guess. It's motorsport. Motorsport's not easy. Yeah, you make a good point that it doesn't really matter to George as such, but it do- definitely does matter to Williams, who are trying to survive. Of course, they've got a massive new investor in Doralton Capital, I think they're called, aren't they? Um, so, yeah, obviously for Williams, they need those millions of pounds that the difference is between 8th and 10th. And that would have leapfro- uh, leapfrogged them in front of Alfa Romeo, I think they may be already ahead of Haas, aren't they? Because George finished 12th. So they're sitting ninth at the moment. But yeah, that could have been huge because as we've kind of mentioned in the podcast previously, and I think I mentioned it in Internet's Best Reactions as well, was that Williams have created this car that it'll work maybe on one or two weekends. It worked at this weekend. They could have got points and then they could have had the worst season for the rest of time. But Alfa Romeo may not score points either. So that was where they really needed to to make uh, make the most uh, out of George Russell's pace. Of course, the TV wasn't really anywhere um but but george yeah it's just you just can't yeah as you say you can't write it it's just the poor bloke honestly you, you can see how much it means to him as well i think not getting into q3 was actually a good thing anyway as much as he'd love to have had that accolade uh, to show off him starting p11 and p11 in general seems like a really good place to start if you are in the midfield and you can't comprehensively get into q3 and maybe start fifth or sixth 11th is great because you get free tire choice uh, and you can go for whatever strategy you want so yeah, for George, it was a bit of a strange, confusing team radio message originally when they were like, plan B, we've got a, you know, a, a problem with uh, reliability, go faster. It was like, oh, problem, go faster with problem reliability. Of course, that was then kind of alluding to the pneumatic pressure thing that was going down and they could pit, maybe they, th- they were think, probably thinking they could top it up a couple of times uh, with a two stop. So, yeah, sad times for Williams. I just want to know who George Russell wronged in the previous life to get, you know, uh, the curse right, like this. Let's not go too far. He's a Formula One driver. <laughs> I mean, his, his life isn't too bad. He, he <laughs> is, but he just has the most unbelievable luck. Obviously, you could say, well, crashing into Valtteri Bottas and Imola, you know, or crashing behind the safety car were kind of his own fault. And to that, I'd say, you're right. I, I agree. But... Yeah, it looked to be going so well. And, you know, there's all jokes on social media of don't tweet anything, don't say anything. It's funny because last week, Tommy put George Russell points in his predictions before taking them out again. And I mean, I think it's probably for the best. Yeah, it was enough. If Tommy's fault, no. But this is the thing, like you can't even say, I hope George Russell has a good race because then if he doesn't, then everybody comes down on you and goes, it's your fault or whatever. But yeah, it was super unfortunate and I think that there aren't many F1 fans that don't want to see him 
get those points and see Williams back up and, you know, after the terrible few years that they've had, um, you know, especially like long-standing F1 fans that have been following the sport for a long time, you know, Williams have got such a special place in F1 fans' hearts that, you know, there aren't many people that don't want to see them do well and get these points and and hopefully have them come back to the midfield or, you know, in a dream world, fighting back up at the front. And they've had a terrible year. You know, the Williams family themselves, like Claire and Frank, departing the team, like that must have been such a difficult decision to make. And, um, you know, it was their life. So for them to suddenly say, we're going to bow out here and um, do the, the right thing in their eyes uh, can't have been an easy decision. So... Yeah, just generally, just mega depressing and upsetting and gutting, I think George Russell called it. But then he said, you know, racing is brutal, which is very true. I think, isn't it? It's Lance Stroll, I think, in Drive to Survive that says sometimes you love the sport and it doesn't love you back or something like that. I feel like I haven't made that up, but I very much could have just made that up. (laughs) Maybe he's talking Um, about his daddy. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Racing that son. Yeah, but uh, it was, um, yeah, pretty... Pretty heartbreaking, as Tommy's three-word race review sums up nicely. Very heartbreaking. Uh, we've actually probably covered the two questions we had uh, lined up as well from Team WTF1 member Ricardo P41, who was asking about George's luck, and then Rohit Deshmukh, which was about what went wrong with Russell's car, unless either of you have anything else to add on what went wrong. No? Not really. Okay. No. Just loss okay. of air from the pneumatic system. Um, it's not a common thing to happen. It's quite rare but teams are prepared for it and you know like we said as soon as we had plan b on the team radio as a strategy i think most fans kind of had an inkling that something was wrong but yeah they're basically topping it up in the pit stops but that's not a quick thing to do can take between 10 to 30 seconds and so even if he had continued on with this issue and not retired the car, he would have been way out of the points. So it's, it's a rare thing to happen. So it happens when George Russell is running. Yeah, obviously. Naturally. Why not? <laughs> uh, funnily enough, someone in the uh, live chat right now just said oh, from R Done Zero, Matt, you may need to restrict your girlfriend candle responsibilities. Now, for people that haven't seen, uh, my girlfriend on uh, on Twitter, Sophie Brealy, her name is, she just for some reasons decided to put little wishes like rain for Styria and George Russell points and things like that. And um, it, to be fair, they started to come true. Then you replied to one, didn't you, Tommy, about Yuki Sonoda, and then that immediately caused him to have problems. Um, <laughs> it wasn't too bad, yeah. It, the, the was it, like, it was like Yuki Sonoda good qualifying or something, and you were like, yeah, I'll take that. And then you replied to it, and then something bad, and then you got a penalty. <laughs> yeah, I got a penalty. <laughs> your, your curse is ridiculous at the moment, Tommy. Like, I, I know I'm known for jinxing. You're really bad. Is it, so is is it now bad. I can admit that actually about five laps before George Russell's failure is when I messaged Katie on WhatsApp and said, I just remembered about my the thing oh, in the yeah. podcast where I deleted my you Russell You need to points. stop talking. Yeah. You need to literally just stop saying things. Like, <laughs> well, just keep it's... Tommy in a wooden box between races so he doesn't do anything. <laughs> I, I've jinxed a few times in my in my career. One of the times I think I was actually out in Bahrain and I tweeted, I'm really bored of Charles Leclerc dominant races or something. And then oh. he got in and obviously lost his, oh, lost his engine power. But um, Tommy, you've you've outdone yourself these last few <laughs> weeks. It's ridiculous. Katie, three-word race review. Mine is big DRS train, which is basically referring to the midfield and the fact that everybody was following each other and we hardly got any overtaking um, and lots of memes were born. Hardly because... any overtaking? I want to challenge that. Well, okay, so we got some good overtaking in the first few laps. The first few laps were pretty exciting and tasty and stuff like that. Ricardo especially um, and Charles Leclerc, which we'll go on to, just basically wiping out like a few cars with his mistake um but it just wasn't as exciting as I think a lot of us were expecting maybe that is because we've had so so many amazing races that our expectations are too high but it just ended up being that everybody fell into this DRS train as it was known and not much was really especially especially the bit with uh was it Alonso that had the train right at the start which was massive. It went all the way back to Vettel, didn't it? And no one could get by, even though it, I think it was clear that a lot of people behind, especially someone uh, in a Ferrari, uh, mm. could could get by. But yeah, Austria's just Austria can be hit and miss with overtaking. I feel. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's quite funny because a lot of people like F1 esports drivers complain about the F1 game and the DRS trains that happen in the very top 
tier of of racing but uh, we saw it in real life and i think probably some of that is because there's now three drs zones around austria and literally yeah as soon as you're in that train there's no real sort of and also the fact is there's not probably the heart it's not one of the hardest tracks on the calendar is it it's 10 corners one of which is a kink that you don't even need to like lift for so it's not exactly a technical circuit that can allow for maybe as many driver mistakes would you argue i don't know it just doesn't when you look at it from a track layout perspective it doesn't look particularly the drs trains is probably and this is probably for another podcast because we could do a whole podcast on this is why I'd much rather see like a Kurs push to pass than a DRS where people can use yeah. it at different times rather than everyone yeah, yeah. having it always at the same time because then it just makes the overtakes either all happen at the same corner or it just cancels everyone out. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, Tom Robson, why was the race less inter- interesting than normal and do you think next week will be more interesting with different tyres? I think we've kind of covered that DRS train, um, three DRS zones for, I think, yeah, I genuinely, I think three DRS, DRS zones probably was too many. And, was, you know, maybe we introduce cares in the future, who knows, but in terms of the tires, it being softer, we'll maybe lean more towards a two stop potentially, uh, especially if we get the high track condition, uh, temperature of track conditions that we had this weekend, which the air temperature wasn't that high, but the track temperature was about 55 degrees at one point mm. during the race. So it was very high. And obviously the softer compounds you go, the, the quicker they'll deteriorate. So I don't know if we'll get an interesting race at the front, because as I alluded to at the start, I, I don't think Mercedes worked very well on the even softer compounds. So we'll see. Uh, I, you know, if we can get some rain, there's already, spit, you know, chatters about weather forecasts and I'm just, I'm not believing it anymore. I don't, I'm not getting excited. It's a bone dry weekend until I see rain literally yeah. falling on the track. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a two stop because it was kind of marginal. If you saw what happened with, at the end with Perez, it showed that two stops, you could pretty much the way the tires were going, you could get your whole, uh, your whole lap time almost back. And I think Press needed about one more lap and he probably would have got Bottas. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, thank goodness, we are getting different tyres. I, I feel like Austria is one of those races, though, where the the bangers in Austria have always been from safety cars at strange times. Um, thinking back to, sorry, Alban fans, but the Alban, <laughs> uh, the Alban incident was because the safety car came out at the perfect time and people could switch tires and that's why it ended up being so exciting and last lap blando and all that kind of stuff um but when there's not that we've not we've not had many um incidents or like safety car. i mean in the last race it luckily the last race was really good but um there wasn't even a yellow flag was there in, in the last race so um these f1 drivers are just too good <laughs> the cars are too easy to drive yeah clearly. oh no not we're not gonna start that are we <laughs> yeah i think it'd be good that we get some different tire um tires for this weekend because we saw with the double headers last year that they switched them up like for silverstone we had different for the british grand prix and the 70th anniversary grand prix um and they both provided like fairly different races so yeah i mean there's not really much more to add other than i think it was a, a necessary thing to try and spice bits up but yeah, we just need a bit more, bit more action and stuff going on because I don't know if I'll be too happy with another duplicate race of what we just had. Yeah, me too. Maybe just go the other way around. Let's do reverse. Yeah, do reverse one. It'd be fine. Very interesting. Uh, right, let's move on to Chacal. <laughs> Charles Leclerc, driver of the day. Now, he got mm. driver of the day. Some people were discussing it. And the people that come in, right, on social media, and I because I put out and said that I thought Carlos Sainz deserved driver of the day. Some people replying going, Why do you care so much? Why are you crying? This, that, and the other. Why, you know, it's just a meaningless award, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah, still there to be discussed, my friends. Like it's still there to be spoken about and discussed as to which one we think deserved it. Otherwise, if we don't discuss it, what's the point in the award in the first place? It's there to be disagreed with, and I disagree with it. Where did signs come? Did because I know it comes up on the screen. Did it? Was he Sixth, second or third? He was no, second. He on, wasn't. on the ranking. No. Oh no, I thought he you meant even, in the he race. He wasn't even top three. <laughs> wasn't top three. No, okay. it was it was Leclerc, Russell, Verstappen, or Leclerc, Verstappen, Russell. Can't remember which order, but I'm pretty sure it was that. Signs was just your classic back to his McLaren days of just really good forgotten drive. 
yeah, and no TV time as as per. But uh, yeah, I think Leclerc, driver of the day, of course, you know, he did do an amazing recovery drive. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm the first to jump on a great drive from Charles Leclerc. But he caused the incident with Pierre Gasly by literally turning in too early to get back into the slipstream, causing Pierre Gasly a puncture, causing two more crashes to happen behind with Latifi. And was it an Alfa Romeo as well? Got caught up in the... Giovinazzi got caught up in the incident as well. So for me, Leclerc caused a bit of chaos. I mean, obviously didn't mean to do it. But still had to pit early and then the strategy wasn't that bad because he managed to get rid of the soft tires that didn't massively work well sort of towards the sort of hot, the second half of the of the first in for a lot of the drivers they were kind of tooling around but going on the hard tires was able to push really hard caught up to the back of the pack and then made loads of moves was great don't get me wrong but Carlos Sainz had a flawless race from P12 on the grid all the way up to P6 managed to extend his I think it was medium stint really long had great pace and Fair, he didn't entertain as much, but I thought as driver of the day goes, <laughs> he probably was was up there. I didn't, like, I wasn't happy that Charles Leclerc got it just straight up. I think it was completely flawed that he won it. Obviously, he's got a lot of fans, and like you say, you can't deny the fact that he had a good recovery race, but he shouldn't have been in a position anyway to be in a recovery race. Like, he'd done well so far that weekend, started P7, you know, decent result. And then he ended, well, not, well, he ended Gasly's race. I mean, Gasly should get driver of the day for the drive he had back to the pits with all of his damaged car. Like he was on two wheels at one point and then ruined um, Latifi's thing because Gasly clicked Latifi. And then like you say, Giovinazzi as well. And although Leclerc was, you know, punished for that because he had to come in for a new front wing and, and stuff like that and go to the back of the grid, like, his manoeuvre still affected three other drivers' races and ended one of them. And for that, I think not only should it have been investigated and I think that a penalty should have been awarded, um, but then the fact, yeah, that he won driver of the day, I just think is a bit of a... <laughs> he was, he was looking up to get a puncture to from Kimmy as well because he, yeah. he clipped Kimmy's tyre. But yeah, yeah I, I felt the wrath of... Leclerc stands after putting something mm. on Twitter about all my burner accounts. Yeah, all your burner yeah. accounts <laughs> about making a joke that driver of the day. Realistically, it's the entertainer of the day. Um, mm. You know, someone that provided the most fun because realistically, Leclerc ruined his own race and then just drove back to where probably he should have been anyway. Um, which someone made a very funny point that uh, that's the thing Alex Albon used to get roasted for is. Mm having an incident at turn one and then finishing where the Red Bull probably should have finished. And you're like, well, why, why is he messing up at turn one? But I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity for Ferrari because Leclerc's pace was unbelievable. Like you said, he, he, he was so quick. Um, and you never know if he hadn't have had that incident, maybe he could have been fighting Lando because Lando was just mm. on his own the whole race. Yeah, um, Cause I think Carlos uh, Sainz said, that he reckons he could have got Lando, but he was really unlucky because he was stuck behind Hamilton and not quite quick enough to unlap himself. And I think he ended up unlapping himself eventually when Hamilton's tyres did go. But he believes that if he could have got past Hamilton earlier, he had like fresh hard tyres to just absolutely go ham and try and... uh, Go ham, go oh, ham, pun. go nice. past ham, and uh, <laughs> yeah, fight Lando. And unfortunately, we we weren't, uh, we didn't see that because, I mean, we'll go into it in ABCDF one. But Ferrari needs to get every point they can uh, for third in the the championship, especially while Danny Rick isn't uh, on it. Um, you know, these these things. It's so close between that. Uh, Ferrari and McLaren that they need every point they can. Agreed. Uh, Team WTF1 member Alex H asked a question that Katie's already answered. Should Leclerc have got a penalty for the lap one incident? Uh, yeah, yes, I genuinely think so. Um, yeah, the fact that he got drive of the day, I completely forgot that he turned in early on Kimi as well and nipped his front wing. Like It's things like that where you go, did he drive that well with those kind of incidents happening in the race? Because judging his car quite quite a bit. Yeah, it's just weird, he, isn't it? I think he said, I think the the thing, what it was is you do have those incidents at turn one that sometimes you don't think they deserve a penalty. But I think why Leclerc's probably should have 
had one is because he it was his misjudgment he decided to tuck mm-hmm. behind Gasly um and he just did it way too early yeah, yeah it's almost he like just... he didn't think he had a front wing or something wasn't it so, yeah very strange a question from Zvilnik maybe do driver of the day voting like Eurovision fans only get 50% <laughs> of the vote and professional judges get the other 50% hello I love that idea I love <laughs> who, who are the professionals though yeah and that's true uh, yeah and it us. takes it takes, <laughs> it takes two hours to go through all the votes Guest driver of the day judges, WTF1 coming in. Can imagine yeah. the amount of hate we get for that. Uh, right. I think it's now time for pressing the button. Now it's time for who's here for No. That was such a good rendition. I think we just was, not put the jingle yeah, in. Just over there. Yeah, just leave it in that. Cool. Nice. <laughs> right. Remember, before before we before we dive into this, you can also vote too. WTF1.com. Katie Fairman's domain, her home, the website. Please go <laughs> over baby. there if you, if you fancy voting uh, so that you don't get angry with ours. That's basically the way we want to do it. Right. Okay. Let's start with Mick Schumacher. Oh, we're mixing oh. it up. Nice. We're mixing it up. We can just go straight oh, in. I hate it when you do this. Yeah, I know. Just throwing you both off with all your notes. Meanwhile, I've just got a blank sheet of paper ready to share. <laughs> rubbish. Um, Mick Schumacher. I mean, see? See, I've gone for a C. Yeah, sixteenth. Yeah, sixteenth. Okay, cool. Uh, and uh, the fans gave him a C. Nikita Mazepin. Deep. He actually was up yeah. to fifteenth at one point in the race. I yeah. And was having a little ding dong with Mick Schumacher. Uh, you went for a what? Sorry, Tommy. I went for a D just because he was again really far behind at the end. I'd, I'd love to. Well. I wouldn't because it's not that interesting. <laughs> but if I could just watch a whole race of, of the Hasses uh, at one point, because I think Mick Schumacher fell quite behind him again and then always just somehow manages to to get really far ahead. And you kind of, yeah. it almost goes unnoticed. And then you look at the end and you're like, how is Mick Schumacher like 40 <laughs> seconds clear at the end? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a D. Yeah, I'm going to go D as well. And the fans gave him an F. Shock. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Latifi, I think that's uh, I mean, where did he finish? 17th, D. Uh, it wasn't his own, it wasn't his yeah, fault. Yeah, he had the uh, trouble he got at caught this up. Turn one, but yeah. I'm just I'm judging that as well on the fact that oh, he just George. wasn't there in qualifying, wasn't anywhere near George's pace. So, D. yeah, he did put some nice, quick little times in. in oh, um, yeah, Q1. When, when he banged it in PA in Q1, yeah, oh. we were like, sorry, oh, well, and he still didn't make it through. Oh, no, he peaked a bit too early in that session, didn't he? Um, yeah, I'm, I've gone for I've gone for C, but I don't think no, I don't think it is. I think it is a D. I think D. Yeah, I D. I mean, he gets clipped, but I don't think did it cause much damage to the car? Do we know? Like he carried on, didn't he? And he didn't he made an extra anything, pit so. stop. I feel like mm. he did make an extra. Oh, did he? Okay, but I'm still giving him a D. And the fans gave him a C. Katie, are you happy with? You yeah, like I've got I've got C down, but maybe D is. I'll go for a D. It doesn't matter because me and Tommy have gone for a D. So okay. I'll go. I'll, go C. I'll stick with my C then. Like a, ma- like a maths exam where you're yeah. like, "What answer did you get?" <laughs> this is like an ASMR podcast now. Oh no. <laughs> um, okay, and Latifi got a C from the fans. Uh, George Russell. Uh, all we can judge him on was his performance, which was certainly an A star. Yeah, I've got an A star as well. A star. The fans gave him an A. God, what the dingy hell yeah let, let it out katie go on you sorry that it. was really loud i'm sorry to headphone users, let it out it's ridiculous i know uh, he, he did so much you can't, you can't tell where he was going to be but you can only judge on what he did yeah what he did which so. was fantastic and he was on the pace it was alonzo that was causing the train not even george russell so yeah <laughs> it was a phenomenal drive uh yeah so the fans gave him an a jovenazzi c <laughs> where did he finish 15th. How did uh, he finish 15th? He, he literally got, qualified ahead of him. Oh, yeah, he, he got, got, he got picked, picked up. Yeah, he got <laughs> I forgot. I, I literally, I forget the amount of drivers that got caught up in the Leclerc thing. Yeah, okay, so maybe let's give him a C. Yeah. C and move I think on. C is, C is fair. Fans gave him a C. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, he had a horrendous qualifying and ended up P11. 11. Had a little fight with Sebastian get Vettel as well. Points. Yeah, so tantalizingly close. I think that's a, a B for me. Yeah, it got B. I think 
it was a very impressive drive considering that not much happened and like when you look at people like Esteban Ocon in his Alpine he had an absolute shocker so I'm tempted to go with an A but then Kimmy has got points oh I don't know you're giving like Kimmy a... an A for a terrible qualifying performance then making the hard tyres work. Interesting. Well, if he'd have if he'd have got I think if he'd have got points, I'd have given him. Yeah. It. Yeah. Tenth, I've gone I wrote B slash A. So I wrote B, I wrote B slash A to be fair. But... Oh, okay, then I'll go with B. But a good <laughs> a good B. <laughs> a good B that doesn't count. Uh, and the fans gave him a B as well. Esteban Ocon. Oh. Pretty horrendous weekend for him. Uh, I think it's a low yeah. D, but it's a D. Yeah, D. I've gone, yeah, D slashy. I've, I think maybe he's a Why are you putting higher. slashes in? When have we allowed this, Tommy? <laughs> yeah. Don't start dropping slashes in. It's Sorry. not allowed. Yeah, D. Ocon. Ocon's What's the weird one. On? What's going I'm, on with Ocon? I'm shaking. I'm thinking I'm going to have to start shouting in London, you know? I know. I'm feeling I'm a getting... lot more confident. Never in doubt. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what is the actual point standings between the two? That's that's what I want to know. Imagine standings. Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah, he'll so be ahead. Too. Let's have a look. Alonso has 19 points. Esteban has 12. Uh, Alonso's going to start to absolutely walk uh-huh. over him now. So so let's just remind everybody what the uh, the deal was, please, you two. Uh, if Ocon wins, I have to shout, sorry, Esteban in London. And wins the I, championship fight between yeah, Alonso, not wins a race. <laughs> <laughs> and, or wins the championship. Uh, if Alonso uh, does it, Katie has to shout, sorry, Fernando. Um, and How then confident you have, are you, Katie? Yeah. Sorry, Tommy. What, what, what I was going to say, and you have to shout, sorry, Gasly, when Yuki Sonoda definitely beats Gasly. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just remind me. Well, I mean, Gasly, how many points? Sonoda has nine points and Gasly has 37. So I feel quite... Quite, yeah. quite, quite confident, confident at this point. That, yeah. um, okay, interesting. So there you go. That's a reminder of all of that stuff. Uh, so Ocon got given a D as well. I'm not sure if I said that. Fernando Alonso, I think he had a very solid performance. Uh, kind of hauled that Alpine to a place it maybe didn't belong. Is it where, where did he finish? Was it A? Who are we on about? Sorry, Alonso. Alonso. Ninth. I've Ninth. B for Alonso. I think it's a B. Yeah, we'll go I've with gone B. B as well. I get the fans gave him a B. Uh, Yuki Sonoda. He got a point, didn't he? Just, just yeah. a solitary point. Unfortunate so, with the penalty. Um, unfortunate? I think, yeah. Well, <laughs> not getting out of the way, I guess. But <laughs> it seems like I've been reading about his his woes, and I think there's a bit of a communication issue with his with an engineer as well. And I think he's he, he burnt the tyres out Um too early because he was told to push and I think yeah I think you do have to remember he is a rookie because it's one of those things where F1 cars are really hard to drive I haven't mentioned this um before I was going to mention on another podcast do you remember did you see the video where they were showing uh Mazepin at Monaco and they were telling him instructions and he was like no this is a joke I literally cannot be adjusting my steering wheel while I'm going around these corners that to me makes you realize just how much these drivers are doing. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. And the step from Formula Two to Formula One, I think just not even the speed, I don't think it's even the speed of the car. I think it is just how much you can change on a Formula One steering wheel and all these settings and how much you've got to look after the tires. And there's a lot going on. So it's amazing how Tommy's saying all of yeah. this now to defend Yuki Sonoda of all people. <laughs> you didn't hear that, you know, years I gone know, by in the podcast as soon as Sonoda. God, there's so many buttons, aren't there, on yeah. the steering wheel? <laughs> More buttons? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just saying, you know. I know, I know. He's is a rookie at the end of the day. Everyone just thinks they press the accelerator, maybe just, you know, don't you know look after the tyres and that's about it. But, you know, there's so many strap modes, etc. I mean, we heard it with Hamilton's team radio about him uh, resetting his Delta. I'm not sure if you actually heard that or not, but I heard it on the Pit Lane channel. Yeah. Um, anyway, Sonoda, uh, B? I've gone B, yeah. Yeah, fans B well. gave him a B. Pierre Gasly, can't really rate him because he got yeeted. C. C? I, I went for B I know he because had a good it's not quality. his, his a good quality, quality was good and it's not yeah, his fault in my opinion so B even though it seems odd to give someone a B when they've driven 30 yards but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess we then have to yeah. do what you can do okay and the fans gave him a C interesting Lance Stroll he actually had a pretty decent race Mr. Mr. Lance Stroll he was sitting in P6 for quite some time finished P8 uh, I would uh, like to give Lance Stroll 
an a B. A. I'm giving him an A. An A. Yeah, I think I'm it was giving him an very A as good. well. Yeah, me too. I said definitely today. Uh, yeah, I think it, it lagged out a bit. <laughs> oh no, I was thinking A. I was like, oh, I don't know. I think you guys are going to give him a B, so I was like B, and then you said A. Anyway, okay, all right, I'll allow don't that. Do slashes, Matthew. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, Matthew. <laughs> You're getting okay. told off. God, the founder. Here he goes again. Uh, okay, so Lance Stroll. I pay your wage. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, zero pounds from you. Uh, Lance Stroll got a B from the fans. So there you go. They oh. agree with me. Kind of, because I changed my mind. Well, you changed your <laughs> mind. Vettel. He finished P12, lost in his fight to Kimi Raikkonen, which was lovely to see those two going uh, sort of wheel to wheel. And Just like the old days. C, because he was nowhere near Lance Stroll this weekend. Yeah. Maybe e? almost a D, you know, that like is mm. is is virgin on it. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a very good performance from old Vettel this weekend. Kind of went under the radar very much so, but I'll allow a C, a low C. <laughs> we'll give him a C so we're not cancelled. Yeah, pretty much. And the fans <laughs> gave him a C as well. Carlos signs. Uh A. Yeah. A? Yeah. What's yeah, yeah. the delay? I was gonna say his qualifying was really bad, but he he made up in the race. You want to give and him drivers a day, and yeah, you weren't no. even going to give him an A. I think it just, yeah, but you have to think that he he put himself down there because I think, he, yeah, no, it's still an A, it's still an A. <laughs> I think Carlos Sainz should have had driver of the day, but I'd give him a B in ABCDF one. <laughs> well, we're mentioning qualifying as well, and he did mess up quite a bit, and he got out qualified by Williams. So, oh, wow, yeah, but Williams is pretty good. Um, okay, so Carlos Sainz <laughs> got an A from the fans. Charles Leclerc, he obviously had that problem, then drove through the field, and um, it was still a very good performance, considering he did eat three people, but because he yeeted three people, I mean, unintentionally three people, maybe even four people because of Kimi Räikkönen's front wing, uh, but didn't actually touch two of the other ones, but you see what I mean, like four collective people got hurt. In, in, you know, Just give him an A star and get on with it. No, I, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's a B, taking that all into account. I've gone C. I've gone D. Ooh. You gave Charles Leclerc a D. Yeah, I did. What are you going to do about it? How do you kick from the call? <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah, removed from meeting. Yeah, I think I'm giving him a C because he probably should have finished fifth. And this is he completely doing. ruined his race and several other people's races with his bad driving. Okay, and... come on. Right, it's, an, it's a mistake. Okay, I will allow some Charles Leclerc slander for that, but I won't allow too much. It was a very small <laughs> misjudgment. He didn't yeet Giovinazzi or Latifi. That was just part of Gasly not slowing down, even though it's weird because Gasly did slow down for the corner very, very early and then just kind of rolled in a bit too fast, even though he knew he had a puncture. So I'm putting some of that on Pierre. He should have just slowed down and got out of the way, but he didn't. Boom. Sorry, Katie, carry on. I'm still giving him a G. <laughs> Wow. Wow. There you so go. Well, there, there's my unpopular ABCDE opinion. Yeah. ABCDE opinion. <laughs> I love oh, that. Have I missed <laughs> No, it's fine. Uh, okay, interesting. So we well, all what do we do? Grade, what do so we go down the middle? Wait, we go down the middle of C. C yeah, correct. So Disgusting. <laughs> and the fans gave him a B. So screw you both. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, definitely D for Daniel. D for Daniel. I gave Daniel Ricardo a C. Because I don't think I don't think it's fair to give Ricardo the same grade or a lower grade than Leclerc when Leclerc made the mistake and that's why he dropped back when Ricardo had a power issue and was looking really promising up until that issue. I don't think it's fair to grade a mechanical error on the same as a human error. Thank you for coming to my TED. <laughs> I would my yeah make a valid point. My my well my counter argument would be that. How, how bad has Ricardo got that a great performance is eighth and then having a power issue? Was he eighth? Was it eighth when he had a power yeah, I think issue? He was eighth, yeah. So it's not it's not where he should be when his teammates qualify. Okay, I'm gonna or... I'm gonna move to a C after Katie's TED talk. Oh wow. Okay. I'm sticking okay. to D. Daniel Ricardo should not be. I think even if he he had finished eighth, 
still. I think that's a C. If if Danny Rick finishes eighth and Lando's depends fifth, how far behind his teammate. He thought he was going to finish in sixth. He said after the race he thought he could have finished sixth. Yeah, looking at um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bottas, Bottas, Bottas thought, Bottas thought yeah. he's going to win the world championship. He's still not getting an eighth. <laughs> oh, damn, there it is. <laughs> Bottas, Lando, now love it. He's not even in the. Not even talking about him. <laughs> Bottas bashing. Okay, a hundred percent. If we're in an alternate universe, Tommy, and Ricardo finishes eighth, you're giving him a C. No way in hell you're giving him a D. Anyway, the fans gave him a D, so they agree with you. Uh, so, but we gave him a C. Doesn't matter. Lando Norris, A. Yeah, A. What's the yeah. delay, Tommy? What were you going to go? I, for? I, was, I just don't think he could have done any more. But I think, oh, you think maybe I think you have to save an A star for podiums and a McLaren, yeah. really. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Lando A, and the fans gave him an A as well. Perez. Do you guys call him Perez or Perez? I call him Checo or Perez. Perez. Yeah, Perez. So I say Perez, Perez but everyone, some people are like, why do you call it Perez, Matt? It's Perez. Yeah. Oh, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the grade. Uh, Sergio, <laughs> he had a, a B performance, in my opinion. I've gone for C. I've oh gone for A. What? Whoa. A? Moving on. Max Verstappen, A star. Yeah, easy. I've gone for a sit now, haven't really. I've gone for an A star. <laughs> <laughs> the fans gave him an A star. Can Val- I also make a point with Verstappen? Because I got loads of people commenting last week that I only gave Verstappen an A. Obviously, you've seen that my ABCD ranking, somebody said in the chat earlier, who has, you know, what is Katie on when she does these rankings? But for me, that was the perfect A-star performance, just the same as George Russell's was a great A-star performance. Like last week, he made several little slip-ups and in my opinion, wasn't worthy of an A-star. Like I give A-stars out for like a blinding performance. Stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. You sound like a teacher. I'll give you an A star if you give me good work, okay? Well, literally, like that's the whole point of it. Like there's no point in just chucking A stars around like the, you know, like the Oprah gift. You get an A star, you get an A star. <laughs> like I think they really have to earn the A star. And that's, I think Verstappen did a better job this week than he did last week in Paul Ricard, hence why I gave Verstappen an A last week and gave him an A star However, Katie, if we're looking at grading, you know, oh, when you're back you at school, A stars don't have to be full marks. They could be 36 out of 40. That could still be an A star. And it could be a low A Who's star. Who's the teacher now? Yeah, I'm just I'm just throwing in some reasoning. Anyway, Tommy's getting really bored. You can see him. I am. Yeah, I'm sorry, like, why are we sorry, talking Tommy. about backing results? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, Katie's still triggered about some ABCDF1 yeah. grades from three years ago or something. Anyway, Bottas. Oh, I mean, the, the discussion's going to continue on because I think an A is about to come out from you here, Katie, for Bottas. A... It's definitely a B. I mean, actually, we didn't mention for Perez that he did have a slow stop, which actually uh, cost him that podium, uh, which still doesn't give him me an A. Oh, for, yeah. Uh, let's remember that, yeah, Perez. Uh, do you want to change that to a B, Tommy, now that you've been, been told that? Yeah. Uh, doesn't change the grade, but sure. Yeah, I, I will change it to a B. And I'm going to Bottas a B as well. Tommy? I've gone C for Bottas. What the hell is this episode of ABCDF1? <laughs> And you've gone for an A. Mm. <laughs> Did we all watch the same race? I don't I'm know. Just, I'm beginning I'm to just wonder. Going split down the middle. You every sound like time. you sound like Twitter, Matt. How dare people have different opinions? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is this is crazy. Uh, we've we've never disagreed so much in our lives. Tommy's we all really sassy haven't. with the with the low grades. Katie's like, you get an A, you get an A, and uh, and I'm just straight down the middle. And the fans gave Bottas a B, so it doesn't matter. We agree technically with the fans on average. And Lewis Hamilton, D. I went with an F. A A. A for Hamilton. Uh, Gone for A, yeah. Okay, perfect. Tommy looks like he wants to never do a podcast ever again. I need to lie down. Yeah. Are you okay, Tommy? Yeah. Right, predictions for the steering Grand Prix. Was hard work. I went for a double points finish for Ferrari which is correct, and a Lando top five, which is correct. Yes! Yeah. You're really Double safe five. predictions, paid off. Oh, yeah, shut well up. done. Um, Leclerc top three in qualifying. Good one. Uh, <laughs> and rain during the weekend, but a dry race. So... It's like a spot of rain, maybe? Yeah, there's drops. a spot of rain. I'll allow half a point. Would you half points? Uh, yeah. I will, allow, I will award half a point because I, I literally saw three raindrops on a Friday, so... Yeah, three raindrops. 
Katie. Oh. Ricardo. <laughs> Yeah. Ricardo finishes ahead of Lando Norris. Um, I forgot to put in FP2, so that's a point. <laughs> Hello. And she's, then she's learned from me. Nice. I've learned from the best. And zero then Carlos science top five in quality. So wah, wah, no points so, for me. Points can we ask? Because I want to know what points we're actually on. Because we do this every week. I have no idea who's no, no. leading. Someone so usually someone, yeah. If can someone somebody can tweet us? us? Yeah, and let us yes. know. Could the fans do our dirty work? Because we can't be bothered to go back through the episodes. Is basically what we're busy people. <laughs> yeah. No, but to be fair, there are people out there that actually love to do that sort of stuff, uh, and especially for the ABCDF1 rankings, which I love looking at at the end mm. of, the, of the season. Uh, the fans, Tishnel Perez to get his second Red Bull win. Eh, eh. VMP 1978 rain will bring chaos with 10 laps to go. That's actually half a point because 10 laps to go, we were all talking about rain. So I'm giving half a point because it was chaos in our minds. No, okay, fine. That's all your face again, Tommy. You're really. <laughs> uh, and finally, I like Formula One. At least one Red Bull Alpha Tauri mechanical failure during the race. Hmm. Nah, not really mechanical. Pain for being too specific. You yeah, should too, do you really said boring, failure. safe predictions like Matt. <laughs> oh, Sorry, wow. I just need to get myself on the board and in the mix for the for the title again. Uh, prediction <laughs> for the Austrian Grand Prix. I've gone for Daniel Ricciardo doesn't make Q3 again, and Stroll beats Vettel in the race. <laughs> <Your favorite pick. laughs> no, you quality. Oh, I've mixed it up. <laughs> um, I've gone for Norris that qualifies Prez again, and my more bold prediction is that this is going to be the race where Bottas is made to do team orders and move over for Hamilton in the race. Wow, interesting, Katie. I have gone for. Alonso top 10 finish again and a Pierre Gasly podium because I think go big or go home. Go big or go home. Yeah, I've gone big as well. Uh, you all, liar. <laughs> we've all gone big. Well done. Uh, fans, Alex, F17335358879. Didn't read that up probably. Anyway, Russell Q3, R Shepard 1433, Ferrari out of the points and AF16001 Verham Per. It's a very popular prediction that I think genuinely about half the replies were Verstappen, Hamilton and Perez as the podium. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a Verstappen, Hamilton shootout again because Perez and Bottas were absolutely nowhere near them and definitely did not deserve an A and ABCDF one. And uh... <laughs> why are you rolling your eyes, Tommy? I'm not even having a go at you. Right. Thank you so much, Tommy. Katie, final thoughts. One of you go. Tommy can give us. Tommy's just um, like, I don't want to be here yeah, anymore. I'm never doing ABCDF1 again. No, um, <laughs> my final thoughts are please be good next time with softer tyres. Let's hope for a two-stop. Actually, before I get to your final thoughts, Casey, I'm going to go with my final thoughts, which was what the hell was track limits? Because I think track limits was actually supposed oh, yeah. to be a thing that was enforced, especially after three is supposed to be investigated. Charles Leclerc did four in five minutes and didn't get any sort of investigation. Yeah, but he... It, it, yeah. Now, the actual I'm gonna, race I'm gonna, director I'm, note said yeah. that you, you're not allowed to do it. I'm just going to say it. Charles Leclerc <laughs> is getting in danger of becoming a bit of a teacher's pet that doesn't get penalties for things. Um, just throwing Ooh. it out there. I think it, like you may, well, I didn't even know that, but I yeah. kind of thought that after the turn one incident anyway, and I saw a lot of that going around, but that's just another another thing to the list. Um where, it's very strange, actually. Yeah, yeah. I feel wasn't like even looked into. Becoming a bit of a thing. Katie, final thoughts. Yeah, my final thought was going to be no more burnouts and start finish straight. That's a good point. <gasps> I was just about to mention that we've not spoken about that. What did you guys no. think to that? Absolutely preposterous. Well, what is Michael Massey? Do? Someone did an amazing reply to our article, which was like, Max Verstappen crashes on the high speed straight at Baku, waits for ninety <laughs> seconds to let out a safety car. And then he does a burnout over the line. Nope, we will never do this ever again. Yeah. And the funniest thing is about that. I, I saw a lot of people mentioning there was a crash with Latifi and Roberto Mary, Mary where they did yeah. the same thing. But Roberto Mary stopped on the finish line in a junior series race where they were all racing to the line. Max Verstappen had absolutely no one around him. Uh, Loads of people were also sharing videos of like Hamilton doing it at a race. Loads of people do it where they pull to the side of the track and they like, yeah, go really slow to wave to the mechanics and pull away. It's 
it seemed a little bit over the top, but the funny, the funniest thing I saw is Michael Massey getting nervous about that being too dangerous. Meanwhile, in the MotoGP, you had someone with a golf club <laughs> trying to smack a golf ball while MotoGP riders were riding by and he's there in the runoff area, like trying to hit a golf ball. I mean, oh my word. How that isn't dangerous, by the way, I'll never know. Just yeah. smacking Let's... a golf ball into someone else's head as they're going past. Hmm. It's ridiculous, but also, I mean, I can see. Oh, sorry, you go. Yeah, carry on, Katie. No, I was just going to say, I can see why there was some stressing that it could be dangerous. I mean, we saw Bottas um, in the pit lane have his spin, which we haven't talked about, um, and you know that was put, trying to put rubber down on the floor. Obviously, it's not quite the same as doing a celebratory burnout, but he lost control, and maybe Massey was thinking the same that Verstappen could have lost control of his car, gone into the path of Nicholas Latifi, who was passing um, on his lap. So, I think there there is. It's not like he's been penalised for it or anything. It's just basically like a don't do it again. Um, but the problem is that there's just no consistency with Michael Massey's rules. So either he needs to be strict on everything or, um, you know, the media will just naturally pick up on little pedantic things like this. Um, and like you say, have these comparisons and stuff to previous things like Leclerc not being able, like being able to drive around without a seatbelt done up. That wasn't, nothing happened with that. Um, so yeah, he needs to either knuckle down and be super serious on everything um, or basically just not feed the piranhas that are the f1 media because they'll just take what they can yeah i i don't think michael mass is long for that job to be honest he's just so inconsistent as you say and he's had so many errors already you know there's just so many occasions that come into my head like imola for example when there was just marshals on the track and lance stroll was tearing around because he'd been allowed to unlap himself and yeah it's just many things like that and it's just crazy that he'd then clamped down on that but then not other things, you know, the, the, the clear issues like the safety car protocol, yellow flags, things like that, that clearly aren't well-oiled systems right now. If, if he'd come out and said, okay, I've taken the feedback on board about all the questions about me not really prioritizing safety, and I admit I was wrong, and now I'm doing it. Oh, I'd never think, admit. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the, the fact is the inconsistency, you're kind of like, yeah, where if he's, if he, if he's doing this, then okay, let, let's see that that level when you like you say there's a, a course car on the track or or putting the safety car out immediately when someone's standing there in the middle of the road. Um so I mean those aren't you know, those aren't very clear cut though, are they, Tommy? You don't really know whether to throw a yellow flag or a safety car when there's someone on the track, right? Yeah, I know, right. Why why would you why would you put a safety car out on a two hundred mile an hour straight? Um no idea. But. Doesn't sound very safe to me. Anyway, that was sarcasm for people that didn't quite <laughs> catch that. We are British after all. Uh, that's been a very strange podcast, really. It's been a weird um, one. What, how long was it? Uh, 14 hours. 14 hours. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and finally, we only mentioned about pit stop slowing down for Hungarian Grand Prix. But yeah, that's another thing that's uh, that's happening, which we've actually got a video coming out very soon on the WTM1 <laughs> YouTube channel, maybe tomorrow. So uh, enjoy that. And... We will see you very soon for an. Well, we'll 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 be back. We will. Quali, we'll, for, well, I'll be back for the quality watch along. Um, Katie will return to the quality watch along at some point when one of us decides. When I've sorted out my A B C D E F one rankings. Yeah. When when I've forgiven you, basically. Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> it's been full of bants. Tommy needs to go have a cold shower after A B C D F one. Thank you so much for watching. Please hashtag WTF one podcast if you want to uh, send any questions. I was ready feedback, to do our... whatever. Yeah, was they've already sta- they've already started waving and uh, make sure to check out uh, the WTF one clubhouse as well uh, if you want to come camp with us at the British Grand Prix. And uh, that's pretty much it. Bye!